Okay, everybody, and welcome to another CaliCube Tuesdays. Delighted to be here with Joseph J. Sherman, one of the best names I've ever heard in my life. And uh, we're going to start with the song. A quick hello, and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Joseph J. Sherman. Welcome. Thank you so much. Brilliant. Wonderful to have you here. Um, today, we're going to start, as always, with your brand SERP. Uh, I look my guests up, look at their brand SERP, see what pops up. And I was pretty surprised by yours because you were apparently an artist, um, which I hadn't realized. You're an artist first and a digital marketer second or a digital marketer first and an artist second? I'm a digital marketer for a profession and my art is for a passion. Brilliant. Well, Google thinks you're more of an artist than a digital marketer, and today you're going to be more of a digital marketer than an artist. And what was interesting as well is that Joseph Sherman is a very common name, I imagine, and we actually have five different Joseph Shermans on that brand set right off the bat. You're number one, uh, but then we've also got uh, the Canadian poet who's also got see results about, and somebody on LinkedIn who runs some kind of company, an IMDb who wrote lots of old films from the 30s, and at the bottom, a nurse practitioner. And that's a fairly typical brand set for somebody who's got a common name. And uh, you're right at the top there. And I, I actually tried searching John J. Sherman, but we didn't show it here today. And with that, you've absolutely nailed it, obviously. So great trick, putting the J in the middle to disambiguate. Thank you. Wonderful stuff. Um, and today, we're not talking about your brand, sir. We're going to be talking about effective media cadence put for PR. And you have a kind of sales approach, which I really like. I've been reading through the, the description. I'm really looking forward to hearing the details. But before we get into that, the partners and sponsors, uh, same thing as last week. We tried it out, and the uh, vi animated video is absolutely delightful. So we're going to present the sponsors, if we can have that on screen uh, Wordlift, as always, they've been here since the very, very beginning of the entire series a year and a half ago, coming on for two years now. There we go. Uh, they've been helping us, supporting us. They help us with our experiments. They build incredible internal knowledge graphs, and that's what we do at CaliCube as well, using the Wordlift platform. And the headline sponsor this week, because Ahrefs will only be sponsoring again in March and April, it's CaliCube. And at CaliCube, we offer three solutions for your brand set. For beginners, we have the book, which is behind me here. And for intermediates, we have the brand set courses. And for the advanced super-duper agency people, we have the SaaS platform. And I did those mock-ups all on my own. CaliCube, it's all about your brand set. That's our motto. So with two sponsors, one of whom is a cheaty sponsor because it's ourselves, we shall continue with the show. So, Joseph. I see that you have this approach, which is sales. Now, I'm looking at it and thinking about sales. Could, how would you describe it? Because that might be a bit rude. I do apologize if it is. That's OK. Um, so my approach is based on cadence. And cadence mm -hmm. is a sales idea of how am I going to reach my ideal customer? Is it going right. to be a combination of of SEO, uh, social media, of um, you know, cold calling, warm, warm leads, whatever that combination, and how do I plan that out for the week, the month, the year to reach who I'm trying to reach? And for many marketers and many sales organizations, that's part and parcel of who they are as the company. Hmm. But when it comes to PR, um, sometimes it's outsourced to a PR company. 
Sometimes it's done internally, but there's this gap of how do I reach people? When I reach people, how do we communicate that with the relevant person? And the the value is not usually uh, clear. For example, if right. you have a lead come in, yeah, like if you have a lead no, sorry, come no, no, that's, business, that's absolutely uh, brilliant. Sorry, there's a slight de- delay. We'll just have to be careful about interrupting each other. But yes, go ahead. Okay, thank you. So if if um, people contact you and that and you you recognize, wow, this is a million dollar account or potentially a million dollar account or euro account. Yeah. You're going to say, wow, I, I got to take care of this. This is a big account. Uh, but when it comes to PR, if if someone reaches you and they say, uh, Jason, I, w- I want to speak with you and I want to interview you for a in- an international newspaper or international TV media outlet, and um, but you haven't heard of that because it's in a country mm. you don't know about or the communication wasn't there between your assistant or and or your your email filter and yourself, then it may be a million dollars worth of media, mm-hmm. but that's not attributed the same weight in the organization as a million dollar account from an account you or would uh, from a company you might recognize. Yeah. Now, if I can kind of plead guilty here, is when we first. Mm-hmm started talking to each other. It was Milos who put us in contact. And I made that exact mistake. It's Times of Israel didn't seem to me to be phenomenally important in all of the different things I had to do. And it got pushed back. Mm-hmm. And I didn't treat you with the respect that I should have in terms of kind of what it was going to bring me. And we ended up sorting that out. Um, how close was I to messing up by not paying attention and not actually kind of treating that as a, as a real lead? Um. Just as close as I was to when someone someone that you referred me to, uh, and I didn't realize that they were a CEO of a major company, as as a journalist, <laughs> also as a writer. So I'm also guilty, and um, it's it's very easy because we, especially doing international work and trying to get uh, you know work with people from around the world and recognizing that uh, this Times of Israel, it's a blog. This it, how does that work, and who are these people, mm. and and who do I want to work with? Um, it's it's very easy to lose that focus, and mm. also when we're working with diversified teams, you know, assistants around the world or different people, it gets more and more complicated to make sure that it ev- even in the best point when you do have someone that wants to interview you or feature you on their site, that oh, how, how do I make sure they're a priority? And um, that's 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 when we've already got to the the high point of I've already gotten someone who wants to feature me. Um, right. And then there's, yeah. But I mean, as as you say, with a sale, you kind of think, well, this is a potential million dollar or hundred thousand dollar lead, and so it's really easy to prioritize because you say, well, the, the person who's going to be spending a hundred dollars, we can put them to the back of the queue. But with PR, it's really difficult to uh, quantify how valuable that lead is likely to be. How, how do you do that? That's a great question. It's it's <laughs> opaque for several reasons. First is because you don't necessarily know, um, and it's it's not so clear from the very beginning how much how much coverage you're going to get. Is this a quote right. or is this a full article? Is this um, is it, I'm going to be in the? Are they are they looking for something right now or are they looking for to feature me in six or you in six months and 
and um, they want to do a full article about you. And I think it's also because fundamentally, especially in new media and digital media, uh, people have different goals. You as a marketer, for example, you have a, a new book coming out and people want to interview you, imagine, for your book and, and want to share your information. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> exactly. No, it's, it's a perfect example. So you have, you have information to share. People want to reach mm. you for that information. And then you as, a, as an author have multiple goals. Right? You want to sell your book, you want to gain clients, you want to have you know, other, other projects that you're working on related around that, maybe speaking engagements, things. So you have, mm. when you engage with um, a, a journalist or a blogger or another podcaster, you have all of these things in your mind of like, what do, or my wow. SERP also, wow, what is, how, how is this going to show up in my SERP? So all of these things are important to you. And I think any, any business person needs to think, what is that? What are my goals for this specific campaign? What what is gonna what I want to reflect? What I want to share, and then think about it from what what many people think about that. But what many people don't think about is what does the journalist or the blogger or the podcaster have in in their mind? And mm. multi oftentimes there are multiple levels of what that person on the other end of the of the of the communication has. Uh, for example, right. sorry, just re really yeah. quickly. Uh, I mean, that 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 takes a lot of empathy. I mean, I think a lot of us approach things from a me, me, me point of view, thinking this is what I want, and mm -hmm. we try to impose it. And especially with a journalist, the journalist is looking for something specific, and imposing things on them is never going to work, or very rarely works. That's right. Imposing things uh, very rarely works, and. But what does work is seeing what are their goals and how can I meet those goals. For example, maybe a journalist was told by their, their editor, I need an article about brand SERP and find me an expert and interview three people. And, oh, wow, Big Boss said I need to, to uh, write a great article about brand SERP. Who's a good person for that? I know where to go. And, mm. and let's say that their article was due you know, yesterday. <laughs> or, or very soon, then that person has to very quickly, you know, in a few days, put together something, make sure it's, it meets all the requirements. And so in that case, you want to put something together and give them the quality and, and information that's relevant for, first of all, their publication, right? Just mm. like you did when, when I interviewed you. I need something relevant to Israel because Times of Israel is in Israel. If I'm writing for right. another publication, then I need to make sure it's relevant for that publication. So that's that's on just an institutional um on an institutional right. level but then you have yeah i mean when, does, when when you yeah. when you said to me we need to we need to turn this around so that it's relevant for israeli companies my first reaction was oh dear and then i slept ah. on it and and thought okay you gave me a good idea then i slept on it and between us we came up with something and, and i mean that sounds terribly pretentious we worked together to find the solution which is delightful and that's maybe the attitude we need that's right. That is that is the best attitude, and that also worked because we had the time frame of the type of yeah. the, the nature of the article. But I loved how you did that, and then you found examples of your leading companies, show them side by side, and that's that's a perfect example of trying to um, meet it and and be connect to the organization, the 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 news right. the news media, and also the specific chain of blogs for that author. 
because there, every mm. author on a publication might have their own style or the interest, and it has to flow together. If another um, writer from the same publication had reached out to you or, you, or uh, connected with you, they might say, I write about articles and stories, and I need you, know, you mm. to tell me about connecting you know, people you've worked with or in a different style. And so they might have a completely different thing they're asking for. Right. Yeah, and, and that kind of whole thing is, I mean, if it's a relationship where I need to understand what you're looking for and the the, the, the time frame as well, uh, which hadn't really occurred to me is we, we were lucky to have that long time frame. And it's a relationship where I really need to understand your point of view. And as you said, in sales, we tend to think what does the client need because we want to please them so much because we're going to get $500,000 from them. And here, once again, we run into that problem of not really knowing. So what's the next step? Sorry. It's okay. No, it's, it's perfect. That's, that's great. And so the next step is thinking a little bit beyond who is the specific, who is the, the writer or person that I'm, that I'm trying to reach out to. And what is their organization? And what is their what mm. are their personal goals? Because you can have someone mm. writing for, let's say, the Wall Street Journal, because they they want maybe they want to get paid by the publication, or do they want to get their own reputation moved up? Are they yeah. trying to become a? Are they trying to move into maybe they're an academic, or they're trying to move into academia, and they're trying to they're writing for this publication because they want to. Um, be well known in a certain circle and get a certain mm. appointment at a, at a university, or they're trying to get their own consulting firm moving. Um, so the more you think about not just what is their publication goal, but what is their bigger long-term goal. Right. Um, sometimes that's clear. Sometimes you can go to someone's webpage or their LinkedIn site and say, ah, hmm. I see they have, they write for multiple publications and they say, this is what I'm doing, or this is what I've moved into. And sometimes it's not so clear, uh, at least for the initial steps. Right, yeah, so a bit of polite stalking is definitely necessary in, in, in this particular case. And one thing I wanted to kind of bring to the fore is in terms of brand SERPs, is what we've now learned at CaliCube is that our own sources, our own profiles, and profiles we obviously control like Crunchbase are really good for educating Google. But at the end of the day, they've got a really very fast half-life and articles on third-party sites like Milos, in fact, who's incredibly relevant. That was really powerful for me. And the Times of Israel, too, obviously an important publication in a major company, uh, country. And from, from that perspective, I, I think from, a, from an educating Google brand SERP and knowledge graph point of view, this is phenomenally important. So please take me to step three because I need to learn this technique. Uh, thank you. I think that's, that's actually the next, the next path is looking at it. If, if your focus is on, for example, brand SERP, what is the shelf life of of the article, and mm. how does Google treat them? How do how you know what is their their domain authority? Wrong. And then even more on a, on a more personal level is what is my relationship with this specific person, with the person interviewing right. me, or or um or or that I'm that I'm communicating with. So maybe it's in a, in a short a short um. A link building firm might reach out to me and say, ah, "I want an article." I'm like, okay, who are you? Why should I care about you? And are you treating me, you know, like just like like a one hit wonder? Mm. Or are we trying to build a relationship? And I can interview you now. I can interview you in six months or a year when you come out with another book or 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 another 
a major event happens and uh-huh. I need to, I need you as an expert. So it's not just about the one time I got my, I got my quick fix, so to speak with this blogger or journalist. And now I'm happy for life because I need to move on, but thinking, ah, I want to reach out and build that relationship. And as that, like any business relationship, the more you work with some, someone, you can build it and go you know, to higher levels and, and build up value there. Right. And to, to what extent can you kind of, once you've, you've exchanged with them, maybe you've done that first article, to what point can you kind of let that relationship sleep? and then hope to wake it up in a year's time. I mean, we talk about the fact you can't maintain more than five close friends or something like that. And it's impossible to keep to juggle all these relationships. How, how much do you need to maintain that relationship in between the times when you're actually going to be working together? That's great. Um, I think that also goes back to ex- – excellent question. Uh, I think that also goes <laughs> back to thinking about what is important to the person, meaning – Meaning if this person is an up-and-coming journalist or writer or they're, they're also working on their own books or their own um, mm. things, it's, it's really good to have a schedule and say, okay, these are the 10 or, or so uh, authors and journalists and bloggers that I'm working with and like their podcast or like, their, <laughs> like, their, um, you know, like them on LinkedIn or comment and give them feedback and engage with them, not asking for another uh, feature you know, in, mm. if it's you know six months or a year, but just keeping them in the loop and keeping that can, that relationship fresh, and that's also very nice. That's that's one, and also when you see oh they ask I'm writing about this. Does anyone know an expert in a certain field? You could say ah oh, yeah I know so and so. That's also a nice thing to connect all your you know connections. If you say I need uh, to interview a startup founder who can talk about a certain topic, and you say ah one of my clients is a startup founder. I did brand SERP for him. Now I want to. You know, I could give him or her um, some nice, some nice attention here, and it's relevant and it works, and they understand how everything is. That's a that's also a very nice way. Right. Which brings me to another question, which is kind of a step back in many ways: is the cold calling or cold contacting people. I mean, mm-hmm. that seems to me to be really, really difficult. I mean, I've always imagined right. What you maybe should do is get yourself seen on social media by mm. popping up in their feed every now and then and then call them or then contact them. Is that the correct strategy or can you just pitch up and say, hi, please write an article about me? Uh, that's a great question. So I think saying, hi, can you reach, uh, can you write an article about me is probably not the best way. If, Done. <laughs> it, but yeah, but, but if you see this person has written, you know, 20, 30, 70 articles on a certain topic, you could what when instead of writing about me, say I like I see that you know you're you're writing these articles and first first stop um, if they're on LinkedIn or yeah everyone's on you know social whatever social platform they're on, engage with them a little bit there so they recognize who you are before that email comes mm-hmm. in. Um, and then and and not even pitching your own your own um, yourself as a, as a, as a, as a possible target, as a possible uh, sales target, as a possible uh, a feature, but just, I like your article. This was interesting. Uh, you know, maybe offer your own insight. And, and then a few times later, a few engagements later, say, ah, I see that you're writing about this. Here's some ways I can help you. I wrote a book about brand SERP. Here's, you know, certain things that may be interesting to you. Um, and write it about them. How can I help them? 
do you need an expert? Do you mm. need an expert in something unrelated to what I do? But but yet I can help you, you know, connect you with people and and um, be a, right. being a resource as as opposed to someone who's taking. Right. Yeah, I've I've actually noticed that, but more with kind of business contacts as opposed to uh, PR contacts. But I'm now going to spread it across. That is that I get quite a lot of requests from people I work with saying, "Oh, can you recommend this kind of person or this kind of company?" Um, and mm -hmm. people see me as somebody who knows lots of different people, and maybe I can help them find great solutions. And I realise that yeah, uh, I can, and that's really useful. And, and the same goes for PR. And I should use that strategy. There is that basically it. That's right. That's basically it. Brilliant. And in terms of kind of developing the strategy, I mean, you, you say in the description, proactively seek new media opportunities in a similar way that the company would pursue new business opportunities. I read that off the screen. Can you explain that? Because I'm terribly intrigued. Yes. Ah, thank you. So if I'm looking for new business opportunities, I'm going to probably run a social media campaign uh, reach out to people on LinkedIn by engaging with them and seeing what they're doing, and then um, and then seeing if they're relevant for me. If they're if they're not relevant, I don't want to you know I don't want to spend my time or their time on it. And if they are relevant, start to engage with them. Um, one of the biggest things that I hate as a as a, as a journalist, and that probably people hate also, if I'm if I'm you know working as a SDR or a BDR, uh, reaching out to people is why did you why did you contact me? And if it's, if it's, I'm trying to sell you something you don't need, then like get lost. Like, don't waste my time. Don't waste your time. Like what's, what's going on. But if you start from the beginning of, I have something, you know, to offer you that can actually bring you real value. And first I'm, I'm contacting you on LinkedIn or I'm contacting you by email or whatever, all these different sources. Um, that's, that's the real value. And going back to your original question of how do I do it? It depends for everyone's different. If you're on LinkedIn and you love LinkedIn, be on LinkedIn. If you're on Twitter and you love Twitter, be on Twitter. I'm, I'm agnostic in terms of the, the uh, platform. And there are, you know, and, and you probably want to find out where does the journalist hang out. If you're like, right. I, um, if, if you say, I really think that this specific journalist or blogger is relevant to my business, then, but they're on a platform that I'm not used to. Well, it takes, it takes, uh, common sense, but it's it's kind of uncommon common sense to say they might be on LinkedIn because that's my favorite profile. Uh, mm -hmm. But um, they're I'm not I'm, I should be on another platform that they're on if it's something I'm not comfortable with. Right. And I think that's that's, yeah, a, I that's a big thing. Yeah. So, you know, is that something Ted Rubin was saying about business is communicate with people in the manner that they're used to on the platform they're used to. And if they prefer LinkedIn, that's where you should be going because it's up to you to adapt to them uh, and, and, and communicate with them. Sorry, go ahead. We've half lost Joseph. We, I can't hear him anymore. So the last question was going to be all about setting up meetings. You, you mentioned setting up meetings. I mean, you're saying just like with a prospect, sit down and talk to them face to face. That's incredibly mm -hmm. powerful. That's right. As much as possible, set up meetings and a few a few things to think about when you're setting up meetings. One is the time zone. Like, oh. <laughs> um, what country are you in? What country are they in? And what country are they in at the moment when you are going to have the meeting? Oh, well, yeah. yeah. 
Like, and especially if it's something with like 12 noon or midnight, um, make sure it's very clear AM or PM. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and try to set up meetings. I, you know, if it's zoom or another, or another platform face to face is, is always, I mean, it's obviously always, I prefer that. I, I've found that that to be very helpful. It's not always possible, but try to get to meetings and also keep in mind that, that it's a process. You, your first time with a with a with a journalist or a blogger, they might they might list you in a in a column of top ten books for for brand SERP this year, and yeah. someone might be like, I wasn't number one. Well, be glad that you were number five or ten or on the list. Like keeping the keeping the um, <laughs> the expectation of just because I got a meeting and I spoke with a, a, a someone for an hour, maybe a win for that particular author or 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 yeah. Yeah, no, sorry, exactly. Sorry, I'm, I wasn't interrupting. I was just thinking about something is that I was talking to somebody a, a while ago, about two years ago now, and we were talking about brand SERPs, and they, they were going, yeah, I don't really care, but they were listening. And in fact, what then happened is that they, when they wrote a summary of, of, of a wrap-up of 2021, one of the things they talked about was, have brand SERPs been overhyped, and are they going to be a thing in 2022? <laughs> and so it stuck in their mind, and that was really pleasant in the sense that I, there wasn't any result immediately, but the result was much, much further down the line. And that long-term patience is really difficult to have, isn't it? It is. It, it is. It's um, difficult to have. And it also goes back to thinking about the other person, because a lot mm. of times in digital media, we're used to instant I can yeah. I can I can post I can post on on a certain platform in five minutes and I have to think about the post and I hit press I hit publish and it goes it's live, but mm. if, if it's if it's on a on a publication they have their own timelines and that timeline could be five days it could be five months it could be they might be backed up for a long time they could have their own schedules changed based on the editor and based on other business uh, circumstances. So right. just like you're saying, think about the time frame, and, and sometimes it takes a year or more for that initial meeting to turn into the type of uh, deal. Just like any in a, a business might take people, you know, for the end of the year or the six months to come around and realize, okay, now we're finished with this and we're ready to start you know, the next project or the next product. And that's when we want to invite you in with our company. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, so I mean, thinking more long-term, building up relationships and and looking at this as a, as a process in which you're going to um, talk and exchange with journalists much like they would be clients. That's absolutely brilliant, Joseph. Thank you so much. That was absolutely awesome. Thank you, everyone, for watching, uh, listening if you're on the podcast. And now I'm going to introduce next week, which is going to be Bree. Brie Anderson, data-driven SEO and sorry, data-driven SEO and always be testing. I don't know if it's Brie or Bry, but I like Brie because it's the same as the French cheese, and I was eating that at lunchtime. So we'll be seeing Brie next week. I'm really looking forward to that. Joseph, could you pass the baton? I'm so looking forward to hearing about what Brie is going to say about analytics, uh, man- managing SEO and and everything online with data and measuring everything is tremendously important. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what Brie has to say.
Brilliant. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Joseph. That was a delightful discussion. I'm going to take away a lot of tips and tricks, and I'm going to be much better at PR outreach from now on inwards. Thank you very much, everybody, for watching, and see you next week. Caddy Cube Tuesdays. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Oh, a quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Joseph. Oh, thank you, Anton, man.